This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on TogiNet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. This is me, Diane Jones. I am with you live. I can't give you a lot of background tonight or chat a lot because I have a lot of material to cover, and you know I'm not good about my cues and getting it all in at once. (laughs) So I am going to jump right to the chase. Okay. There's so much to cover. Let's see. Tonight's title is whose report do you believe? That's a question. Whose report do you believe? Which reports am I speaking of? What am I talking about? I'm talking about one report that's called The Secret, notice that word, The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign that saved the 2020 election. Okay, that's one report. This came out, um, do-do-do-do-do-do, oh, brother, I believe it was on the 4th or the 5th when it actually, let's see, does it say it on here, the date of the article? Because I printed this baby. I printed this baby. Yes, February 4th, 2021 at 5.40 a.m. Okay. Now, the other report is actually a documentary. It was a... Some people said two hours, some people said three hours. I actually watched the documentary, but I fell asleep um, at different times and had to wake up and start again. So I'm not sure if it was two or three hours, and it was not because I was bored that I fell asleep. I was not bored at all. It was just that I had had a long and demanding day. And I believe this came out, they were one day apart, okay? They were one day apart. The Absolute Proof came out on the 5th of February. So what I'm going to do my best to do is, is cover highlights from each and try to give each one ample time, okay? Um, I'm going to read from the article, and then what I did was I I, I watched the Absolute Proof, but then I printed, because they also had a a PowerPoint slide presentation that you could actually stop and print. So I printed some things from that as well, okay? So I'm going to start, you know, 
I'm, I have a bias. I have my own bias. I'm not going to tell you my bias until we get to the end, but I'm going to start with the first one, the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. Now, this is about a 25-page article that came out in the Times, Times, T-I-M-E dot com. Okay. Uh, normally, I try to say who the uh, who the author is, but when I printed this, it's got advertisement stuff that kept crossing over some of my words. So maybe it's in the very end of the article. But anyway, you can look it up. You can type that title in, and then it will come up. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Number one. Um, starts out saying now because it's 25 pages I can't read the whole thing okay I try I'm I'm try, I'm doing my best to be fair to it though and I highlighted uh the most uh, significant things that <clears throat> I think tell the story okay so they start out saying a weird thing happened right after the November 3rd election semicolon um nothing nothing the nation was braced for chaos, and they explain how and why they were braced for chaos. Liberal groups had vowed to take to the streets, planning hundreds of protests across the country. Right-wing militias were girding for battle. Okay. In a poll before Election Day, 75% of Americans voiced concern about violence. Then they go on to say, instead of an eerie quiet, instead, an eerie quiet descended. So instead of what they expected, the chaos and the violence, instead instead of what they expected, the opposite occurred, according to this. An eerie quiet descended. As President Trump refused to concede, the response was not mass action, but crickets. Okay, they describe how um, jubilation broke out instead as people thronged cities across the United States to celebrate the democratic process that resulted in Trump's ouster, ouster, okay? Then they go on to say a second odd thing happened amid Trump's attempts to reverse the result. Okay, so you can see the the um, the direction that this is coming from. Trump's attempts to reverse the vote, the results. Corporate America turned on him. Um, hundreds of major business leaders, many of whom had backed Trump's candidacy and supported his policies, called on him to concede. Note that. Okay many of whom had backed Trump's candidacy and supported his policies, called on him to concede. To the president, something felt amiss. It was all very, very strange, he was quoted as saying. Okay, And then it says, within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint. I thought that was an interesting choice of words. Anoint. 
very telling choice of words, the winner. Okay? Even while many key states were still being counted. Skip down a little bit. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. This is from the Times. TheTimes.com. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protest and the coordinated, and I'm sorry, coordinated the resistance from the CEOs, okay, those that had backed Trump's campaign. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. Okay, so they had formed a pact. They had formed a pact amongst each other. Um, the Chamber of Commerce and the AFL-CIO, which is a very prominent Union, which I thought was very interesting to read this, one of the biggest unions in the nation, along with the Chamber of Commerce, okay, they published on Election Day, let's see, um, they published, what does it say here, they formed a tiers Packed, and they put a joint statement out between these two, uh, and they basically came together on election day. Okay, and then they go on to explain this handshake between the business and labor was just one of the components of a vast cross-partisan campaign. They talk about the operatives who were involved. Okay. Let's go through here and see if I can find some of those. They talk about the fact that um, the pandemic itself was a key factor in supporting their efforts, okay? And they called the President Trump at the time an autocratically inclined president. It says much of the activity took place on the left, but they claim it was separate, or Lord forgive me for saying they claim. The, it says, comma, it was separate from Biden campaign and crossed ideological lines. I'm just trying to read this as they tell it and then give my 10 cents at the end. Okay. Uh, I need to be paying attention to my cues here because I'm not good about that. Let me see. Let me go back to that page. Two minutes. Okay, I should have noticed. <laughs> their work, their work, touched every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws, and helped secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits recruited armies of poll workers, and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against 
disinformation and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. Understand how the vote, I'm sorry, they executed national public awareness campaigns that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over the days or weeks. Back after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. We are home-based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, Amazon.com or any of the major bookstores. The story of me. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, I'm asking a question tonight, and I'm asking whose report do you believe? The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election or Absolute Proof Intended or, as they put it, to help save our nation. Okay, back to where I was so I don't run out of time. Let me read that last sentence where I was at 
again. They executed national public awareness campaigns that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over days or weeks. Preventing Trump's conspiracy theories and false claims of victory from getting more traction, okay? After Election Day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump could not overturn the election. All right. Let me jump down here because it's a long article. Um, The Trump allies were running their own campaign to spoil the election. The president spent months insisting that mail-in ballots were a Democratic plot, okay, and the election would be rigged. So he had his team of supporters that were trying to help him plot, according to this article, to block legitimate vote counts. He spent months following November 3rd trying to steal the election, okay? Let me go down. They go on to say that this is the inside story of the conspiracy, which is an interesting choice of words to me, to save the 2020 election. All right? Let me skip. Let's see. So the participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told because they say this was an effort to save democracy. Okay, this was an effort to save democracy. And it goes on to say, that's why the participants want the secret history of 2020 election told, even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal. I thought, am I reading some of these words right that they're using? I looked up cabal. I'm not supposed to be chiming in, am I? Well, I looked up cabal. And cabal, according to the Merriam-Webster's, is the contrived schemes of a group of persons secretly united in a plot as to overturn a government. And I'm thinking, why are they using these choice of words if this is all good? But anyway, let me keep going. The architect, the person that they give credit for this to, is someone named Mike Pods. Horzer, who started back in the fall of 2019 working on this cabal, this well-funded cabal, okay? He was the senior advisor to the AFL-CIO, which is the nation's largest union federation, okay? He recruited, let me skip some pages, uh... Let me go, uh, where did it start talking about the organizations that he recruited uh, and got involved? He held Zoom calls daily for hours. Um, He sent out, you know, um, various communications. He spent months pondering scenarios and talking to experts. Um, And I'm trying to see where they start talking about um, the people that he recruited 
Okay, that's on the next few pages. Well, it says here that after spending months doing these things, he formed the alliance. On March 3rd, Podshorzer drafted a three-page confidential memo titled Threats to the 2020 Election. Trump has made it clear that this will not be a fair election and that we will reject anything but his own re-election as fake and rigged, he wrote. Should the media report otherwise, so he, they say he will use the right-wing information system to establish his narrative and incite his supporters to protest. They go on to talk about Trump's Trump's uh, point of view, which was that it was going to be rigged. Okay, and then it says here that he formed relationships through his Zoom meetings with institutions like Planned Parenthood, the Greenpeace, resistance groups like Indivisible and Move On. Progressive data geeks and progressive data geeks and strategists, okay, grassroots organizers at the state level, racial justice activists, and others, okay. So then let me go on to the next page. It stretched to Congress. Silicon Valley, and the nation's state houses securing the vote. That was their first task. This is what they felt was the first order of business, was to secure the vote. The vote. Okay? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> okay, so the activists appealed to Congress to steer COVID relief money to the election administration. I didn't even highlight that, but I'm saying it. Okay. Then what else did they do? Um, More than 150 organizations signed a letter. Every member of Congress seeking $2 billion in election funding. Um, It was successful, somewhat successful. It was called the CARES Act. That's too much to read. This is too much to read. The effort had to overcome heightened skepticism in some communities. The effort had to overcome heightened skepticism in some communities. Many black voters preferred to exercise their franchise in person or didn't trust the mail. Okay? So they had to work on the mail-in voting. Okay? That was another thing that they had to tackle. Many black voters prefer to exercise their franchise in person or didn't trust the mail, okay? But national civil civil rights groups worked with the local organizations to get the word out that this was the best way to ensure one's vote was counted, was through mail-in voting, okay? Um you got to get the article, people, because I can't read it all in tonight, but you got to get the article. Um, then it goes on to talk about, um, let's see, the pandemic intensified the party's issues. 
usually tangling in the courts. Um, litigation brought by the Trump campaign of a piece with the broader campaign to sow doubt about male voting was making novel claims and using theories no court has ever accepted. Okay, so they were saying this was just out of the norm, the stuff that he was alleging and trying to do. Then they go on and talk about the disinformation defense. That was their other defense. They, like, carefully calculated and had categories for each um, plot, each part of the cabal that they were going to ensue, that they were going to to do, okay? They said uh, the disinformation defense. So what they did was put a plan together. It says, but Trump's lies and conspiracy theories, the viral force of social media, and the involvement of foreign meddlers made disinformation a broader, deeper threat to the 2020 vote. So they're saying that Trump was the one issuing disinformation and conspiracy theories. And, you know, impacting social media. So they actually cracked down on social media organizations and requested that social media crack down. We've been hearing about this stuff, but they're saying it in this article that social media cracked down on the so-called misinformation of the Trump campaign. Okay, crack down on it. Enforce your rules. You have rules in place. You're not enforcing them. As I read through it, this is the kind of things that they said in here. So now we want you to enforce your rules about community rules and, um, you know, regulation. So now we say enforce your rules. Okay. Quinn's research gave ammunition to advocates pushing social media platforms to take a harder line. In November 2019, Mark Zuckerberg invited nine civil rights leaders to dinner at his home where they warned him about the danger of the election-related falsehoods that were already spreading unchecked. It took pushing, urging conversations, brainstorming, all of that to get a place where we ended up with more rigorous rules and enforcement. This is in the article. Then spreading the word. That was another um, goal. They had to spread the word. We wanted to get a really bipartisan group of former elected officials cabinet secretaries, military leaders, and so on. Uh-oh. Alrighty, that was my fault. More after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. (laughs) A black nurse. 
This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs, a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from AuthorHouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A black nurse. <laughs> Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, whose report will you believe? The one I'm telling you now or the one that's coming up next? I'm running out of time. I'm almost I'm at the halfway mark, so I've got to wrap this one up. You need to read the article to get the full gist of it, okay? Um as far as getting the information out, they ran ads in six states. This is the campaign. This is the shadow, the secret shadow campaign. They ran ads in six states, made statements, wrote articles, alerted local officials to potential problems. But they also rallied Trump supporters who agreed to serve on the council based on the idea that this is honest. It was a way to get the Trump supporters to support them, and they convinced them that whichever way things go, at least you all were involved, and this was an honest effort to save the 2020 election, okay? So there's several pages here that describe that and how they got the word out and how they controlled because they talk about Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and so forth and so on. And then they talk about the race, racial injustice uprising sparked by George Floyd's killing in May was not primarily a political movement, but they wanted to hard harness its momentum for the election <clears throat> excuse me, without allowing it to be co-opted by politicians. Very interesting. So as I go on to, I want to definitely get this out before I go to the other side of the story. On page 17, it says, um, a statement released on election day under the names of the chamber CEO of the AFL-CIO president, Richard Tumka, and the heads of the National Association of Evangelicals and the National African-American Clergy Network. 
This is what it says, quote, It is imperative that election officials be given the space and time to count every vote in accordance with applicable laws, it stated. We call on the media, the candidates, and the American people to exercise patience with the process and trust in our system, even if it requires more than usual time. Okay, so the National African American Clergy and the National Association of of Evangelicals joined in with the union and the family, uh, what what do I call it, Planned Parenthood, and some of those other ungodly organizations to help secure the 2020 election. Um, I can't read it all. This is page 17, but I did want to get that in there. They talk about their plan for showing up. They had hordes and hordes and hordes of people that were supposed to protest and cause wreak havoc if things didn't go the way that they intended. But they told them to stand down when, at about 11 p.m., they were freaking out, it says here. They were freaking out because they were watching the election results, and they were seeing on election night that Trump was running ahead of pre-election polling, winning Florida, Ohio, and Texas easily, and keeping with uh, Michigan Wisconsin and Pennsylvania too close to call. So they were freaking out, according to this. They had a a Zoom call at 11 (laughs) p.m. And it was really important that the strategists let them know not to worry because victory was going to happen regardless to what it looked like. Okay? Then they were surprised when Fox News reported that Arizona had taken the vote for Donald Trump. They said that they were surprised by that information while they were actually talking in their Zoom call, even though Potts... Podserzer, you know, the the um, planner of all of this, uh, reassured them not to even worry about what you're seeing about the vote. Victory is at hand, okay? So there's more to the story, but that, I hope, wets your whistle and kind of paints somewhat of a picture about this secret history of the shadow campaign that, quote-unquote, saved the 2020 election. Now let's move over to Absolute Proof. This was a documentary done by Michael Lindell, who is a millionaire. I'm not sure if he's a billionaire or just a millionaire, who um, is a Trump supporter, who has a testimony of being um, delivered from drugs and powerful testimony. I was just listening to him being interviewed on one of the Christian 
programs, Victory Channel, I believe it was, and they were asking him about how he got saved and how he came to know the Lord and how the Lord did a miraculous thing in his life, how he was um, thought he was a Christian, grew up in church, but he had issues because of his parents divorcing, he got into drugs and went down the wrong path, and how God, you know, mercifully reached out to him, restored him, and um, he came from basically being in the streets to become a millionaire. And he has been an avid supporter of uh, President Trump. So what he starts out with um, are what he calls, um, he says that this documentary is pure data, data. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but this documentary is based on pure data, okay? And he says that this information, um, the data has been provided and analyzed by professional firms, several firms, if I remember right, from watching the documentary. Um, They had expertise in this area, they were not firms that he was aware of prior to all of this going down. But in his research, he discovered um, he discovered that these firms were investigating the issue of voter fraud years before this election took place. If my memory serves me right, I believe it was all the way back to 2010. Okay. The um, documentary also not only gives um, data, graphs, and and um, graphs and um, and what am I trying to say? Graphs and the powerpoints that I was able to print, but also had uh, witnesses. It had the people from the firms. It had people that were involved in some of the voting um, processes. Um, I was surprised today when I did more research to see that they even had a letter in here that I was not aware of. So let me just try to get to some of this and and see if we can how much of it we can cover. So they talk about statistics. If you're a data person, they had these firms analyze the voting statistics, okay? They showed pages and pages and pages and just pages and gobs of pages of the actual voting records for for the different states, for the different counties, the, the, the number of votes, the times of the votes, um, all of that kind of stuff. So one of the things that they jumped out of the gate with was a map of the United States, and they were showing how many states were red, how many were blue. And this one that I'm looking at is uh, Wisconsin in particular. And it was saying that the count at the time of this picture was Biden, 49.6%. Vote count looks like, one million six hundred thirty thousand eight hundred sixty six, and then Donald Trump was 
also closed 48.9%. So then they start talking about the statistical anomalies, okay? And they started showing graphs of how at certain times during the voting process, some anomalies, abnormalities occurred, okay? And the one that I'm looking at here, this is for Michigan. And there was, um, in about a five-hour window, there was these anomalies that popped up in the middle of the night, okay? In the middle of the night, um, I was watching the voting um, um, numbers as they were being declared myself, and I, I do remember being up until at least around 11 myself when the voting stopped. But here they say at approximately, let's see, is this Michigan? Okay, let me do Miss, uh, Wisconsin first. Wisconsin, okay, yeah. So they say at approximately approximately 11.30 p.m., now remember the first report that I shared with you about how they were meeting on Zoom at approximately 11 p.m., but at approximately 11.30 p.m., Wisconsin had a spike, had an unusual spike in votes, Um I'm looking at the graph here, and I didn't write down the actual numbers because um, I didn't have time to write down the, un- the numbers, but it was unusual. They call it an, an, an anomaly, okay? Then um, Georgia, around 135, also had one of these unusual spikes, And then Michigan, around 6.30 in the morning, had one of these unusual spikes. Now, mind you, uh uh-oh, I wasn't even looking at the time. All right. (laughs) I'll be back. (laughs) Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day. Not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, and any major bookstore overcoming sexual abuse. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. 
Radio with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R, dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, whose report do you believe? The secret campaign? The Secret Shadow Campaign or Absolute Proof, all right? I was describing the state where there were sudden spikes throughout the night, throughout the middle of the night, during a five-hour window that seemed to begin right after the 11 11 o'clock Zoom call that was held with the coalition from the Shadow Campaign, okay? And then, reportedly, the counting had stopped in several of these states, like, um, uh, was it Pennsylvania? PA, PA, whichever one that stands for, and was supposed to resume at 9 a.m. I believe the same thing was the case with Georgia, okay? And then uh, these experts, when they analyzed this, they noticed that these spikes were very... Uh, improbable, unlikely, a very, very low percentage of a chance that this could happen because the ratio for each of the spikes was the same in in the various states. It was like almost almost to the exact number of spikes at at uh, during at different times during the night. Okay. And the defenders of this said that this was attributed to human error. This was only human error, okay? But even though it was attributed to human error, it was never changed, okay? So then the electoral vote was confirmed based on these extremes and these spikes, okay? Uh, The same thing... There were supposedly updates made in the voting, extreme updates, okay, of these identical spikes were made 
okay? Um, but the errors were never changed, all right? Florida, over a week's time, because remember they put out a statement, you know, the the African-American uh, Evangel- Evangel- Evangel Association and the other one, I forget the name of it, they put out a statement, you know, please be patient and allow all the voting to take place, you know, because it's going to take us more time. And then uh, up to a week later, Florida updated their numbers, okay? Um, and so then what else happened? As they combed through all of this, they also saw that there were software issues, there were voting machine issues. The voting machines um, were once owned by a company called uh, Diabold, who no longer exist, but changed their name and were acquired by Dominion back in 2010. And then Dominion used, um, it was found that they had encrypted passwords for some of their workers, encrypted passwords that allowed workers to somehow access their systems during the voting process, okay? Um, uh, some of those, they had, they had um, you, you've got to watch, you've got to watch it because I don't think I'm doing it justice, but they showed graphs of interference because of these passwords, because of these encrypted passwords, they showed graphs of interference where they actually showed the signals. They said they were watching this as it was happening because there were several firms who had already been on top of this, who were already investigating this years before this even happened. These firms had actually gone to the FBI because they were alarmed years before. I think they said all the way back in 2010, they were alarmed at what they were seeing. So they were actually monitoring this while it was happening, okay? And they showed pictures of the signals, how they could duplicate that the signals were being um, seen from various countries across the nation, while while their votes were being transmitted through these systems, okay, through IP addresses, internet IP addresses, encrypted passwords, and so forth and so on. The com- the countries were China, Iran, Serbia, and several others, okay. Um, then they go on to give um, eyewitness testimony and video. They showed this video, which I don't know if all of you saw this, but I saw this, and then they quickly took it down, you know, like they said, that they wanted to um, control this information. So the video of Ruby Freeman, Ruby Freeman, was one of the people who several videos surfaced, and in one of them, she is saying, okay, don't say nothing, but look. And she's leading you into the voting area and telling the people that she has access to all of this. 
and she's telling the people that she was very upset and she didn't like what was happening and she was off for a couple of days, but now she's back and this is what she has access to. Okay, she's bragging about that. And then this was the part I did not know. I've got to get this in. Um, they show this this letter that apparently surfaced also but was taken down because this is considered disinformation. And this was after the election where this was allegedly written, according to absolute proof, by Ruby Freeman. And it... it <sighs> It chops off my page when I printed it. It chopped off the intro. But let me see if I can find. Well, it chopped off the intro, in, intro, intro, but it says, I was almost in tears seeing how very few people wanted to support a black woman become the first female vice president or a excellent man named Joe Biden while counting the ballots. Then it highlights here, thank God my baby had a plan, and today we put that plan in action after those Trump supporting and Fox News, though, left out the T, they won and left the building. My baby knew how racist Georgia was, and we knew how the vote was going to go, so we resorted to plan B, and now you see the results of my brilliant baby. Joe Biden is now the winner, and I'm looking at all of Georgia with a side eye because I know for a fact that Georgia voted for Trump by the largest numbers, and if we didn't do what we did, we, he, I'm sorry, he would have won Georgia. I've seen and I noticed many black names who voted for Donald Trump, and that really bothers me because y'all, the reason we one, my baby told me it's going to be our own community who going to make Donald Trump win. And she and she was right because Donald Trump won. And it's very sad. I was nervous about plan B, but I'm glad we did it because it saved the country. And I will pray for forgiveness if people find out what me and my and my article cuts off here. But if you go on to the Michael J. Lindell Absolute Proof website. You can stop it, you can pause it, and you can read the whole thing. Okay? That one shocked me. I don't remember hearing about that. Okay? But I do remember the other video where they reported that with this same woman, all of the staff and the media were told to leave. During the night, around 10.30, they say around 10.30, okay, just before that 11 o'clock Zoom call that the coalition of the secret <laughs> shadow campaign were having, around 10.30, all were told to leave. And I watched the video as Ruby and her team stayed behind absent of the media and any of the poll watchers and continued to, quote-unquote, work, okay? So there were, other, there were other evidences that they produced, 
okay? I can't get to all of them tonight. Logs turned up missing. Um, updates were done illegally. Um, the logs were supposed to be maintained, and they weren't. Uh, they were, they're still refusing audits in most of these counties. The battle is still continuing, however. It is not over like the media is trying to portray that it is. They had at least a 1,000 signed affidavits of witnesses to concerning issues. My heart breaks. My heart breaks to know that the so-called Christian organizations, the leaders of the Christian organizations in the African-American community betrayed our Lord and our Savior. They sided with evil, with Planned Parenthood and groups like that to, quote-unquote, save the election, which I translate into meaning rig the election to save their agenda and to make sure to ensure their win. Now I see why my spirit has been grieved and why the Lord has been telling me that the church, the church is the one that betrayed him during this season. He also reassured me that we will win in the end. Whose report do you believe? Until next time, God bless.